It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 13th of February. The All-Star break is here, but a game to digest from last night first as the Jazz got world champed. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked On Jazz. Pow! How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight expertise, lots of geeky numbers, and when you get in your car every day, you can tell your podcast to play Locked on Jazz, or tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Jazz. Just say that keyword, Siri, Google, whatever it is, when you get in your car, tell it to play podcast Locked on Jazz. Today's show brought to you by The Store and Murdoch Chevy. All right, so today, so last night, the Jazz... Played, which I thought was a great game. Um, though I think if you talk to some of the Jazz coaching and personnel, they would feel a little bit as though, you know, maybe some aspects of it weren't as fine tuned as they wanted. When when you play these guys, you have to have a concentration, a commitment, and a focus that's at another level. And the the sign to me last night that the Jazz might not have completely had that is the forty one three points allowed. Uh, it's not often that the Jazz lose the shot distribution game. Uh, and they, in the first game against the Warriors, when Jarebko hit the shot to beat them, the Jazz won the shot distribution game dramatically. And it was almost as though the Warriors came out last night with a concerted effort to get off threes. And Steph specifically has maybe found out that he can take 14 or 15 threes a game, which is a terrifying concept to the rest of the league. Uh, But if you look at Steph now recently, that's, you know, 14 last night, he's kind of hitting that number with a little bit more regularity uh, than he has in the past. If he had a killer instinct, it would be um, he – he could take 25, 26 shots a night. He's kind of almost Stockton-esque in the fact that he doesn't want to take uh, more shots. I, I thought last night's got a lot of really good things to it. So if we review the numbers on last night, the Jazz defense last night turned out by the end to be a 114.7, which for us is not one of our better performances. But to kind of the point of which we talked about, and we would like to be a better-than-average defense. But, you know, that's holding the Warriors around their average. Now, we would like to be better than their average. Um, if we could, that would, you know. But, interestingly enough, uh, if we were better than our average last night, our offense might not have actually been good enough. Our offense was a 102.6. And th- this is kind of the ongoing conversation that I'm having is all year long is whether or not 
we have enough offense that even when our defense is good, now last night it was only okay by the end. It got kind of thumped in the fourth quarter, allowing 34 points after being really pretty good. Uh, 34 in the third as well. So a 68-point second half is not great. The Warriors wore the Jazz down a little bit and got what they wanted. Uh, the Jazz had a 70-point second and third quarter that was awfully impressive. The Warriors were great last night. And I thought the Jazz were really, really strong uh, as well. But to the point of the shot distribution, we just don't see this very often where the Jazz are on the wrong side of shot distribution. It costs you it costs you a point or two. It's a subtle thing. We almost take it for granted because the Jazz are so good at it that when you look at go into a given night, we're going to have that edge every single time. And we didn't last night. Last night, by the end of the night, we had taken 39% of our shots at the rim, which is right where we want to be. But we only took 28% of our shots as threes. So we took 33% of our shots as mid-range shots, which is higher than we'd like to be. We 25 is kind of the baseline for me. 20 is ideal. And we were at 33%. The Warriors, who've been a very heavy mid-range team, only took 25% of their shots in the mid-range. They went 33% at the rim, 42% of their shots as threes. That is considerably different than what the Jazz allowed to the Warriors in the past matchups. And in the past matchup, the Warriors took 19 threes in the second game of the year where Jarebko wins it. And that's why I have the feeling that there was a concerted effort by the Warriors to to try to get more three-point looks. Uh, they took 31, 10 of them corner threes against us in the last one, and 41 in this one. It was a little bit of a, let's get that back. The other one is, for us, it's it's also not great when you take we take a lot of mid-range shots because we, we, we didn't make them. You know, this is a great example of what I always talk about, that if we could ever put in the box score the mid-range shooting numbers, people would talk more about the mid-range shooting numbers. So last night in paint, non-restricted area shots, the Jazz were 8 of 29. A lot of that, frankly, was Donovan. Donovan's shot chart last night, he got going late, but Donovan's shot chart last night, in the paint, non-restricted area, Donovan's 1 for 8 last night. That little floater range shot is just not a good shot. Actually, he's one for nine. That's, and we don't have a lot of other guys playing in that realm, right? Faves was 0 for 4 in that area last night. Joe doesn't take shots in that area. Joe was pretty negated last night. Rubio Never really plays in that area to his strengths. He goes and Nash dribbles around and keeps all of his shots in the restricted area. Donovan's got to learn that Nash dribble. He's got to have something else if he doesn't get to the basket. Or else he just is going to maintain these inefficient nights of 10 of 29 for 25 points. And then that's where the free throw shooting is vital. He got three free throws last night. GM follow is pretty awesome. 
But also, game was over by then. But I thought the big picture for me on the Jazz last night, and I, I think, you know, if, I, if I'm the coaching staff who hopefully is not listening to this and is often enjoying their various rounds of golf, beaches and Napa Valley and relaxing and whatever else they might be doing, uh, it, there was a concerted effort, it seemed, for the Warriors to go get three-pointer shots, and the Jazz allowed 41 of them. Now, the Warriors only hit 13, so it's fine, but that was a change from the Warriors' standpoint. The other one, I just thought the I thought the Jazz, and so that's a, you know, that's what I'm, my point of the coaching staff is they probably don't love that. To them, that's not what they're supposed to be allowing. They want to have non-assisted twos. The overall performance to me from the Jazz was a team that really battled, and I loved that. You know, they were, Ricky Rubio's opening five minutes was brutal. The team was completely out of sorts early in the game, and yet the... They stayed in it, battled, kept the Warriors from getting a rhythm. There was a point in the game where, I mean, I think we took a timeout at 6-2 and we took a timeout at 11-5, and it certainly felt like it was 23-2. Now, by the end of the first quarter, it was awfully close. 25-14, and the Jazz really worked their way back. Took advantage of DeMarcus, went at him a great deal of last night's game. Played off of Draymond for a great deal of the game. And then got going offensively. And I thought there was, I thought, you know, all the positives and negatives of Rudy, of Ricky, excuse me, probably showed in the night. Uh, Joe was really taken out of the game. 28 minutes, took two shots. He'd been torching the Warriors in the first two matchups. There's a conscious effort on their part to not allow him to have that impact. That that is very clear. Some guys stood out. Two guys in particular. We'll talk about them. And then some of the Warriors showed their brilliance as as well. We'll touch on that uh, as we continue. Today's show is brought to you by Murdoch Chevy. That's Tyson and his crew up at the beautiful Chevy dealer in Woods Cross. Uh, I have, you've not stopped by there. It's really beautifully well done. Uh, fabulous, nice showroom. Makes you feel comfortable. You like it there. You can feel the vibe are, are good people. They always greet you when you come in the door. They see me. They say hello. They don't know who I am. And it's a great lineup of cars as well. Super impressive uh, all the way around from what's being, uh, what's being built over at Murdoch Chevy. Right now for... The Valentine's, that's tomorrow, boys, Valentine's. I'm not saying buy a car. I'm just reminding you it's Valentine's Day. The new year means it's time for a new ride. 0% APR on most 2018 models. I drove the Chevy Equinox. Really, really liked it. Solid ride. Quiet. Good pickup up the canyon. $6,000 off the 2019 Chevy Equinox. Or you can lease a 2019 Chevy Equinox for just $289.00. With $995 down. The Colorado truck was so fun. We had it for the summer. It's smaller. Really versatile. Easy to get around. That, the 2019 Colorado, $395 a month with $1,200 down. That sounds like a reasonable idea. They also can receive $500 off select models. Murdoch is your home for affordable winter vehicles at Murdoch Chevy in Logan and in Woods Cross. If you want to know more online... 
Go to MurdochChevroletLogan.com. Stop in, test drive today, tell Tyson I say hi, and hope the crew is having a good time over at Murdoch Chevy. Life is complicated, especially right now. You're spending more time inside, unable to go to restaurants, and that means you're cooking dinner. But if you're like me, I hate cooking. Multiple trips to the grocery store, hours of monotonous meal prep just so you can scarf down your food in minutes. So when it's dinner time, I grab my phone, open up an app, and order something. But after convenience fees, delivery fees, and who knows whatever other fees, it ends up being close to $100 for two people. But then I met Freshly. Just put up your feet and relax while Freshly chefs and nutritionists do all the hard work. All you do is heat for three minutes and dinner's done. Imagine a better for you golden oven fried chicken, steak peppercorn with sauteed carrots and French green beans, and my personal favorite, buffalo chicken with loaded mashed cauliflower. It's got fewer carbs. That's just a few of the 30-plus health-conscious options to choose from. Freshly understands that food needs to be delicious, healthy, and simple, because let's be honest here, if it's not easy, I'm not going to do it, and if it doesn't taste good, I don't want to eat it. Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off, $40 off for their first two orders at Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. So some of the Warriors I thought were just brilliant. That's part of it. And I thought some of the Jazz guys had a great day. But when this game was in the balance, Jazz up seven in the fourth quarter, the world champs came to play. And they're better than we are. They're better than anyone's ever been put together. But the Jazz had taken a 91-87 lead, 84 lead. Draymond back cuts for a layup. Neto turn, makes a bad turnover on a where he picked up the dribble and got inside. Iguodala dunks. And then... Uh, Draymond just starts making plays. Draymond has the ball up top, sees Clay Thompson coming to him for a handoff, instead flips the ball to whoever it was to his left, goes and sets a pick on, so Thompson's now coming off a high pick, and the pass comes back to Thompson for a three. That's not in a playbook. There's nothing you can do about that. That's simply just a guy understanding his teammates, having played together. Steph and Clay Thompson have now played together for more games than any teammates in the NBA with the trade of Marcus Gasol. And that then then Draymond makes three defensive plays. Beautiful rotations. Ricky took a bad three. And next thing you know, it's 93 all. Green blocked Crowder's three. I mean, Green was unbelievable for three or four minutes. Then Durant just does his thing, makes a shot, but the Jazz are still hanging tight. Draymond with a beautiful pass to Cousins. And it's 97-95 with 520 left, and then Curry goes. Pow, pow, pow. Three straight buckets for Steph. 105-97, game over. Just like that, in a span of a minute. And that's where they're great. Draymond's incredible. Curry's a shooter like no other. Durant, you know these things. But they really showed it in that short little burst sequence where the Jazz went from up seven at the 9.51 mark, and by the time we got to the 4.38 mark, 
The Jazz are down eight. They, you know, I, I, I would give them credit more than disparage our guys. They were, that's them being great. It's who they are. Uh, Royce O'Neal, who we've talked about just a lot on this program, great, I mean, rightfully so, just continues to play great. He's hitting shots. He's got to keep that defensive prowess up. you got to be a little careful. You know, you start hitting shots and you drop your defensive things. And he has just become a threat with that three-point shot, and we've talked about it since the arrival of, of Clay Thompson, either coincidentally or not. He's been terrific. 40, I think 45% since that day. Maybe even higher now. Probably should rerun it. Uh that's that's a wet that you know, when I, I had a, did a show earlier this week or maybe last week, where we talked about players we thought could become, you know, improvement, and I just didn't see where we had anyone that could give us marketed improvement other than when Dante comes back. Um, the, um, the change in Royce is probably significant enough to count that as improvement. I mean, it is now 30-some-odd games... And he is shooting 48% from three for the last 34 games. That is so great. The other one last night was just Howell Neto. Nine minutes, but he just changed the game. You know, you look at some of these tracking stuff, his speed, he's just faster than everyone else. He's, he's at 4.94 is his speed. Nobody else is anywhere near that last night. He just had an energy. He got into the paint. He created plays. He was he was really terrific last night. Not every night works for him, but last night it certainly did. And there's really not a lot of guys you can root for any more than Neto. The way he just plays the game, creates opportunities for his teammates, breaks the paint when nobody else seems to be able to. Brings a little level of, of toughness. He's really tough. Pretty good soccer player style athlete too. That hesitation, start and burst type athlete. Pretty good at that. And he was terrific last night. Rudy, by the way, last night had nine screen assists for 21 points. It's a pretty good night. But the Warriors were just better. Where do the Jazz sit at All-Star break? We'll touch on that, and I'll give you the schedule for the week, which I don't really know, coming up. When you get in your car, remember, just tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Jazz or Locked on Fantasy Basketball or Locked on NBA or Locked on whatever you might want to listen to. Today's show is brought to you in part by the store... How many times can I ski a Cottonwood Canyon and then stop by and visit Amy and Jeff and Scott at the store? Probably a lot because they have the mudslide cookie, which I adore, the perfect outside crust, the moist inside. Fabulous. So great. But really what the best part of the store is, 
Well, the Mudslide Cookie is the best part of the store. But the best other part of the store is the community feel you get the minute you walk in. Depending which door you walk in, if you walk in the left side door, they've got their salsas and their guacamoles all laid out for you. That are, The guacamoles, many of which are made right in the back. Otherwise, it's a local company that's made them and they found them and brought them. You come around that cabinet and might be some June pies left there and immediately you're into the cheeses and uh, the display of local other local products out there, whether it's a cotton candy company or the chips from the lady at the wedding that I've told you about and all that, you can continue. You can see that the store has made an effort to find unique, different items so it's not the same cookie cutters everywhere else. Uh, as you walk up the left-hand aisles into the back to where some of the frozen foods are, the chicken pot pies are always very good. Uh, it really feels like chicken pot pie weather, frankly. Uh, and then they have the meat, great meat section in the back, along with the butchers that are there to help you so polite and nice every time. And then you circle all the way by, and you can stop by. Pick up the La Cologne coffee, which they ordered just for me. Uh, so you should buy one so it doesn't seem like I'm the only one buying them. If you're a coffee drinker, they're fabulous. And then the mudslide cookie. It's all at the store, and while you're there, tell the high school kids you see helping out the elderly folks because it's all part of the community, how nice it is to see them helping people out. It's the store, 6200 South and 20th East. Hi, this is Nate Duncan from Locked On's Hollinger and Duncan podcast. Those of you who listen to our show know that I try to take a measured approach. I'm not prone to hyperbole. It really takes something special to get me excited. But with all that said, Theragun is simply one of the best products that I have ever used. I just turned 40. I've always loved to work out, to play basketball when it's safe. And as I got into my 30s, it just wasn't possible to do that anymore the way I wanted to because my body didn't feel right. And Theragun has helped me fix so many of the aches and pains. I've tried everything, massages, chiropractors, this at-home device, handheld percussive therapy has worked better than any of those for me. And now the all-new Gen 4 Theragun has a proprietary brushless motor. It's so quiet. It's no louder than an electric toothbrush. And best of all, you can try Theragun risk-free for 30 days. There's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4 with an OLED screen, personalized Theragun app, and the quiet and power you need starts at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash locked on, the name of this network right now, and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash locked on, theragun.com slash locked on. So where do we sit? Where do we sit? Feels like it's been a very tumultuous, difficult, hard pre-All-Star break. It's not really first half of the season, right? It's pre-All-Star break. But if you update the road to 52, we're off it by a little. Not off it by a lot, but off it by a little. Uh, When I did this to the begin the season, uh, last night obviously is not a game we anticipated to win. We had one game away, projected wins zero, projected wins to date zero, actual wins to date zero. So that is up to date. I have us on our road to 52 at 50.5. 50.5 is where we're pacing. My high for the year was us to be a 52-win team. My prediction at the beginning of the year was 52 wins And to be the second seed in the West because everybody else had come back to the pack. 
to the credit of Oklahoma City and Denver, they have not done that. The rest of the world probably has. As expected. And so we're off by a little, but not by a lot. The issue for us moving forward is there's limited wiggle room. In other words, when you don't play a lot of the best teams, if there aren't a lot of games the rest of the way for us to make up. In other words, if we want to try to get hot and climb the standings, the rest of the way the games we have at Dallas, at Oklahoma City, at Denver, I think if we win at New Orleans, it would be a steal because we've already won at New Orleans, and so to beat win both there it would be. So call at New Orleans. And maybe at L.A. on April 7th. And maybe April 10th at the Clippers, because then if we win there, we'd win there twice. Same logic. We only have five games the rest of the way in which if we win, it's like we stole the game. Like, it's an added bonus game. There, there just aren't many opportunities for us to be able to add on. If we, you know, call us a 50-win team right now, there are only five chances to kind of add on, and that assumes... You know, we don't miss any other game along the way. I mean, for us to go win 50 means we're closing at seven, 18 and 7, right? Be pretty awesome. So you, you know, the 7 are you lose at OKC. You lose at the Pelicans. You lose one of your East Coast trip, even though you shouldn't. You lose to the Lakers. Probably shouldn't lose to the Clippers in the last night of the year if they're not playing for something. You lose at home to the Bucks. You lose at home to the Thunder, which frankly you need to win. And you April 9th, you have Denver. You gotta beat them too. I mean, there's a chance if we do what we're supposed to do, we get back up to fifty two. Right? You steal Two of those and just don't slip. Otherwise, you're going to lose games, though. Is it the back-to-back to Dallas right out of the shoot? Might be. You know, at Denver on the back end of a back-to-back, it's probably tough. Like, right out of the shoot, there's a few. In Milwaukee at home, is going to be tough. But there are not a lot of losses left on that schedule. The problem is... You know, for us to get to that 50-52 level means that you just aren't blinking and no injuries and nothing goes wrong. We, we've we've had our, if we were going to burst through, we've had our opportunities, didn't grasp them. Now, the second part of this season post-All-Star break will be the story of trying to execute exactly what the plan was and win games you're supposed to. That's not, you don't do, you're not expected to win those at a, 100%, you win those at 80%. That means you drop one of it every five. Somehow you got to go steal two or three of those others.
That is Locked on Jazz. I don't know if I'll be able to get – I'm not going to get a show out tomorrow. Uh, I'm flying to L.A. for some meetings, I, and I'll try to do something Friday. Uh, Monday is President's Day, so we probably won't have a show then. So we'll be back with you Tuesday. I, I'll try to grab an interview with um, some of our guys if they're not on their way to Charlotte and, and chat with them about where we are at the season and how they feel about things, et cetera, et cetera. All right, if you have anybody you want to hear from, let me know. It is the Locked on Jazz podcast. Now it's time for you to go listen to the podcast. Locked on NBA. Jake Madison maybe with Trevor Booker today, or it just might be Jake Madison. Not entirely sure how that played out. So go grab it at Locked on NBA. Tell your smart device to play podcast. Locked on NBA. Hi, guys. This is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.